0: the gospel I have nothing to glory of for necessity is laid upon me yea is me if I preach not the gospel now I may feel the Holy Ghost but I also feel a little nervousness because of the title of my message get there, just give me a minute. I, The heartbeat of my message will qualify the title here in a few moments, okay? But since I'm nervous about my title, I'll give you a subtitle to begin with, okay? Almost all the active brain cells were sucked out today as Brother Hughes was acquiring all the brain cells floating around over there but i'll give you a subtitle okay here's my subtitle brethren if it don't you don't mind get all this title on my cd i'm going to preach tonight a confidently eligible and all-inclusive raison d'etre that the premier conscientious sacred sanctioning personage of an ethically virtuous parishioning shrine can articulate in a conveyant fashion The incontrovertible actuality of his superlatively endorsed function to oblige such a one to irrepressibly assert that his own persona, unaccompanied and explicitly, will be perpetually estranged from the concluding tranquility of all the inclusive core personage and more precisely to description into an interminable federation of the ill-fated of the hopeless conclusion of any existence. Just go ahead and get that one on the CD, bless God. And you tell them I preached with Brother Hughes. I ain't telling you my title yet. I'll tell you in a while. Sit down. Wrap your hands for the Lord and love you. I give honor today to all the pastors that are in this building. Brother Pastor. My goal in this pulpit tonight is to help you. My goal in this pulpit tonight is to make your job just a little bit easier. God bless you. I find it a great joy tonight to stand before this congregation and open up the word of the Lord. I can tell this church that when I came to God, I had virtually nothing. I came to the Lord just a little ways away from here, southern Indiana, 35 miles north of Louisville, Kentucky. I came to the Lord. I had nothing but an alcoholic father had a mother that passed away when I was 11 years old. I didn't have much of anything, didn't have much hope in this life, but I can tell you of all the things that God's allowed me to have, of all the things that God's allowed me to put into my the circumference of my world, I can sincerely tell this congregation today that there's nothing in this life that stirs my soul like the word of God. Thank God for his word. I suspect of all the things that God's allowed me to own, I can tell this church that I have no greater possession, either in my hands or in my heart, than the Word of God. Thank God for the Word of the Lord. Most any Christian bookstore, you can purchase Bibles of any color, any size. It would be interesting to note just exactly how many different kinds of Bibles they've got out here at the bookstore outside those doors, but... I can tell you if you go into any Christian bookstore of any size like we got in Texas, you'll find every color, you'll find every size, you'll find every translation. I have 60 some odd translations of the Bible on my iPad. You can get any kind of translation that you want. I, I've i heard of the ESV, I've heard of the NASB, I've heard of the NIV, I've heard of all these different ones. Now they've got one they brought out a few years ago that was gender neutral. It was... Uh, uh, it was a Bible that removed all references to He or him, and God is in it. Now, I just heard the other day that they now have a alternative lifestyle Bible where they they uh, tried to imply that various characters in the Word of God were uh, homosexual, and it was uh, one of those things that made me want to slap somebody, but i didn 't do that yet. I can tell you that there's a lot of translations, there's a lot of things, and I look at a lot of translations for the sake of varying opinions and interested in finding out the vernacular of how they say certain things, but I love the King James Version of the Bible. If your pastor likes one of those other versions, that's up to him, just I like the King James Version of the Bible. You go into a bookstore, you can find them in every given color. You can find them in black. You can find them in brown. You can find them in blue. I've seen them in red. I've seen them in burgundy. I've seen them in pink. I went into a store the other day to pick up something and I saw a Bible that had a metal cover on the outside. I'm not sure what it was. Looked like it had to open up like a can and I just didn't know that that would work inside my Bible cover so I didn't get it. You find Bibles can be purchased in a variety of ranges. You can find them. I've seen Bibles all the way down to $5, so you could buy the Gutenberg Bible for $5.39 million if you'd like to have it. There are Bibles that have been put out by the Gideons There are Bibles that have been put out by the charismatic movement There have been Bibles put out by the Catholics You can get study Bibles that are very expensive You can get cheap Bibles I I have an anchor study Bible You may not like it I am an avid note taker So I I have a Bible that I've got every other page inside my Bible is blank And I take a lot of notes I hear something or I read something that touches my heart I've got plenty of room to write down Inside my Bible, the things that make sense to me. And but I, I love the Word of God, but when it's all said and done, you strip away all of men's opinions and you strip away all the strange translations. You ignore the color of the binder. Look around the price of the book, and I can tell you that in you look. In the pages of your Bible, you'll find the most published book in all the history of literature. You'll find the most pure work of literary art known unto men. You'll find the most intricate mysteries and revelations in the Word of God that you'll ever put your hands on in all of your life. You'll find in the Bible the most dynamic rule book for living that humanity has ever had access to. And the reason that your Bible is so successful is because... It's not just uh, some author's fictitious fantasy. The reason that it's so powerful and it's so fulfilling is because it literally is the Word of God. Somebody clap your hands and love Him right now. (laughs) The Bible tells us that it came not in old time by the will of men, but by holy men of God spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. It was not just some author's fictitious fantasy or some individual's humanistic quest for knowledge that moves us to this book but I propose to this congregation today that the word of life is able to change your world it's able to construct your tomorrows and it's able to carry you out of here in the rapture of the church
1: ladies and gentlemen you better fall in love with the word of God You need to do more than just fall in love with preaching. You better do more than fall in love with biblical crossword puzzles. You gotta love the Word of God. The Word of God will keep you when everything else falls by the wayside. The Word of God will stabilize you when everything else in your world is shaken. The Word of God will feed you when your soul's hungry. You need to fall in love with the Word of God.
0: It's an interesting book, ladies and gentlemen. You need to be aware, however, that there are certain elements of the Bible that might cause you to hesitate with bated breath because of the way it says some things. The Bible's written with awesome words of prophetic direction. The Bible's written rich with concepts and guidelines for living life. The Bible's powerful words of judgment for those that refuse to live right. It's got horrifying words of forewarning for the rewards of iniquity. But there's also those other parts of the Bible that almost shock us. When you read certain things in the book, (laughs) because we've got to try to filter them through our fleshly reasoning that our world has created round about us and uh, let me give you an example. If you've ever read the Song of Solomon, you'll understand this statement. I talked to to one of my young preachers. I had this one young preacher that loved him to death. Brother Hughes, I loved him to death. But he was as irritating as a wart. I mean, he was just there. And every time I'd <laughs> turn, he'd say, bro, what? I'm going to ask you a question. And every service, I couldn't get nothing else done for He got to ask me a question. And I, God love his heart. He just liked to be around me. He called me bishop. He likes being around me, and I love him, and he just irritate So finally, every time I'd come to church, he'd ask me a question. I'd try to answer, it and he'd say, no, no. I mean, I got another question for you. And finally I said, now, son, let me tell you, we're going to play a game here. He said, oh, really? What kind of game are we going to play? I said, I'll answer any question you've got. But when I answer the question, then I'm going to ask you a question and you're not allowed to ask me another question until you go find the question, the answer to the question I give you. And he said, oh, I can do that now. I can do that. Kind of like little Joker Wednesday night talking about, I can take her deeper. I can take You can't take it deeper. You ain't. it. De- when I said that out loud, my son Benjamin looked over. He said, did you just say that out loud? I said, and on purpose well he asked me some question i gave him the answer and i said all right now here's your question and i asked him the question and i said don't you come back with another question until you find the answer and he went i don't know two or three weeks he didn't know. it was the most peaceful two or three weeks i'd known in a long time and uh, he was he was looking looking all of a sudden to come back he said bishop i want to ask you a question he said could you give me a little hint what book to look in to find the answer? I said, look in the book of the Song of Solomon. I knew he still wasn't going to find it, so I was all right. And I said, look in the book of Song of Solomon. And sure enough, the next service he come back, Brother Romano, he said, Bishop, I'm going to ask you a question. I said, not to you answer my He said, no, no, i got to ask you a question. I said, all right, what is it? He said, Brother White, I done read that book, Song of Solomon, and, and i got to ask you honestly, honestly, Brother White, seriously. I said, well, boy, what's your question? He said, are you sure that's supposed to be in the Bible? When you read the Song of Solomon... It almost sucks us because of the blatant sensual language. But you've got to understand what they say in the context of love and passion. The world uses in the context of lust and perversion. Now hang on to me. It's not that the Bible's wrong. In fact, I tell you the Bible's right. But we got to filter it, Brother Fuller, through our humanistic reasoning that has heard those words perverted and used for something else that it's not supposed to be. It's warped and it's out of focus because of the misery. Use of those terms among us in another area that we've seen this happening is that the Bible utilizes certain words that this generation has abused and misused to the point of those words are suddenly seen as ugly or off color. Surely you know what I mean. My daddy may have been an alcoholic, but my mama was a good woman. If I had said, Some of the things that that book says in front of my mama, I would have intricately known the eloquent taste of some kind of soap because my mama would have washed my mouth out in a heartbeat. You got to hear me now. Don't you get all bowed up. You got to listen to the message. Even in my own heart when I'm preaching, sometimes I'll cross some of these things and i I kind of hesitate because it's a natural thing because of the cultural context this word has world has placed on these words. But your Bible has them in there for a reason. When I read, you know what I'm talking about. Surely you know what I'm talking about. Uh, when you preach out of the book of Revelation, the Bible talks about the great horror. David said, I'm going to kill all of them. Pisseth against the wall. He's talking about everything of the male species is going to die today. Uh, Brother Hughes even mentioned today that hell is mentioned more times in the Word of God than heaven is mentioned in the Word of God. And surely you understand the Scripture that said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Do you understand the Bible speaks freely and often about donkeys by referring to them as an ass? But you say some of those things in our culture, and they (gasps) go, I can't believe he said that. You don't don't please don't, don't get bowed up. You gotta understand. These are
1: not cuss words that our culture has created. They were words that were spoken in the Bible for a specific purpose that carries a specific meaning.
0: And granted, this generation has misused these words and caused them to have a negative stigma to them. But I trust today that you're mature enough in this sanctuary to understand that these words are still in the book for a reason. God Put them in the book for a reason. Surely you understand. There was a scripture in the Word of God that says, "If you be without chastisement, whereof we are all partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons." Now you and I don't. I'm trying to give a Bible study tonight. You understand what he's saying is: if you don't have, if God. Can't call the shots in your world. Then you ain't legally supposed to call him daddy. He can't be your father if he doesn't have a right to say no. He can't be your
1: daddy if he don't have a right to say you can't do this. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't date that girl. You shouldn't go here. You shouldn't.
0: So. I'll never forget one night I was waxing mighty and eloquence and indecibles. And I, I was preaching about that scripture. If you be without chastisement, then are you bastards? I was simply telling her. But, but a few nights later, a little girl in our congregation, it's my daughter-in-law's sister. She was at home sitting around playing a video game. And my daughter-in-law was there, and her little sister was sitting around playing a video game, and all of a sudden uh, she said I could hear the do and and, and, and the little man on her video game was killed. And she said, I was shocked because my little sister launched into this tirade and called this character on this video game a fatherless child. And she said, I thought, surely that's not." I heard it wrong. She thought it was an auditory illusion. She just didn't understand all that. And all of a sudden, she said the next little man got killed and she launched into another tirade of my Nintendo man as a fatherless child. Started announcing to the world that that fatherless child right there. And all of a sudden, my daughter-in-law runs over to where she is. She snatches that little controller out of her hand. And she said, what in the world are you saying? And she said, well, I just called it a fatherless child. But she used the word. And she said, you can't call it that. And she looked at her. And she said, well, if I can't use the word, then why can my pastor say that? Hang on to me. I done set you up. Y'all don't even know it yet. I mean, I'm just right there on the message now. Understand that she let her know that preaching, ministry in a pulpit has more godly parameters to use that kind of language than a video game does. But the thing that I thought was most revealing is when she could say, If I can't say that, then why can my pastor say that? she was quickly informed that scriptural context gives it a validity that a Nintendo game doesn't give it but I've come tonight with a message that's going to cause some of you in this building to say if I can't say that then why can
1: Brother White say that if I can't say that then why can my pastor say that because I've come tonight to preach to this church please hear me don't throw me out but I've come tonight to preach to this church why my pastor can say I'll be damned
0: stay with me just a minute because I've come to preach tonight before you criticize me too harshly you need to understand that I've not come to bring a novelty message to this church I've come to bring revelation to this congregation tonight
1: to help us be what God wants us to be and to position our churches for a greater anointing a greater outpouring than they've ever had you got to understand
0: tonight that what I've come to preach to you about is that there are several reasons listed
1: in your Bible that your pastor can say, I'm going to be damned and go to hell. That you, as a child of God in that pew, never have to worry about that. Let me uncover the concept tonight by telling
0: somebody in this sanctuary something you may not know. When I look at the homes of my saints, there are times, as bad as it sounds, Brother Mark, I sit on my platform and I look out at those precious saints that sit under the sound of my
1: voice and I almost envy them because I can watch them precious saints as they worship God and they praise God and I realize they've done everything they've got to do to be saved all they've got to do is to repent of their sins, be baptized in Jesus name and be ready to go to heaven you've got to understand that I I almost covet that kind of a relationship, but you don't need you. You need to understand that when God called me to preach, when God, I've been to my church now at my church for 25 years. When God sent me to my church, God placed requirements on me to be saved that my saints don't have. Thank God for them godly women, but God gave me requirements them women don't have. Thank God for my men. Strong church. Uh, I've got men that lead the worship, men that lead the prayer room. Uh, I thank God for it every day, but I envy their relationship because God put requirements on me for me to get to Brother White. I don't that don't make sense to me yet. Well, let me just help you understand tonight. Heaven is a lot harder for your pastor to get to than it is for you. Yeah. All of us
0: have to repent and be baptized in Jesus' name. All of us have to receive the Holy Ghost for the evidence of speaking in other tongues. All of
1: us have to live holy and try to work for God in our world. But if you are not the pastor of your church, that's where your qualification for salvation stops. But just because I'm a pastor, there's other qualifications that if I do don't meet those qualifications then I myself have got to pay an eternal price I'll be damned and go to a devil's hell if I am not the man of God that God called me to be
0: I gotta say it I I gotta know that you understand what I'm fixing to preach right now I gotta say it in a way that you'll understand it all of us have to obey the new birth All of us have to live holy. All of us have to try to live for God. But for a pastor, it's so much more involved than that. Paul realized the responsibility of his calling when he makes a statement. And he says, let me give you the first reason why. Your pastor can say
1: he'll be damned and go to hell. Paul realized the the depth and the importance and the weight of his calling when he makes a statement and said a dispensation of the gospel has been committed unto me.
0: Now the key to that verse is understanding that the words dispensation and committed are not just common words, Understand dispensation. Is, these are banker's terms. Dispensation is a scriptural word that carries the connotation of a banker or a master steward and committed means in this context that God has entrusted them with a great Credit. I need you to
1: hear me today. In that light, Paul was telling the ministry when God called you to lead those souls. God said, I'm gonna make you the master banker of your assembly, and you've got to learn how to invest what I put in your hand. You've got to learn how to give yourself to those things that are gonna bring us the greatest returns. Please hear me today. He was telling them you can't be careless for the pastor. You cannot carnally waste away what I've trusted in your hands. If you do, you're gonna be lost. I've given you truth, and you've gotta reach your city. You've gotta reach your people, you've gotta develop those that are hungry.
0: Eight years ago, they did total throat reconstruction surgery on me. They said that if I ever ruined my throat like that again. My preaching will be done. I'll be done preaching. I can't preach anymore. They said, you'll be lucky if you can even whisper. Then two years ago, I told this congregation. They told me that I'd be dead before Thanksgiving thankfully they found some uh, experimental surgery that changed my world but understand when they started telling me stuff like that it made me more aware than ever before brother Atkins that I'm only going to get to preach so many times I'm only going to have the opportunity to stand and help congregations so many times I'm only going to have so much time to invest what God's given me can I just make this plain tonight I've come to preach to you, you person I've come to preach to you
1: my brother Brother, don't ever sit back and look at your pastor and say, I don't know why he does this, or I don't know. I've got to preach to you. You gotta understand. You can sit there and worship God and go to heaven. But your man of God can't do it that way. He's got to look and say, if I'm investing in somebody that's never gonna change, I gotta get up and find somebody else. I've got to build a church on those that are hungry, those that are willing, those that are desiring to there be more in God
0: when God called me to pastor my church he didn't call me to chase people that didn't want to live for God uh, it's going to get tighter than a fat woman's girdle up in here right now when God called me to pastor my church, He didn't call me to pamper unfaithful souls and change
1: their spiritual diaper every day and pop a pacifier in their mouth. You better understand, when God called me to pastor my church, He said, I'm sending you there with a great credit of truth. Now you go hand it out in those areas that are going to give it back to the kingdom, that are going to en- You got to invest it in areas that are going to enrich themselves and pick their spirit up and become what God wants them to be. Ladies and gentlemen, if you ever understand, those are banker's terms. Brother Pastor, that's why God told us don't cast your pearl before the swine. Don't get so careless
0: with your pastoring that you throw away all your good, you throw away all your positive. You throw away all your anointing. You throw away all your strength. You better hear me today. God expects a return. God expects some spiritual
1: dividends on the truth that he puts in my hands. And if I can offer somebody truth, and I look and it starts producing righteousness. It starts producing holiness. It starts producing worship. It starts producing faith. When I look and I pour my heart out, and I watch them start becoming the child of God he wants them to be, then I'm giving God's something back for what God's placed
0: in my hands don't you understand that is exactly why God said obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourself for they watch for your souls and they must give account here's those banker terms again They've got to give an account that they may do it with joy and not grief because that would be very unprofitable for you. You see why you live life and you obey truth and you're on your way to heaven. Dear God in heaven, brother preacher. You've got to give it everything you got. But I want to talk to the men of this assembly
1: today. Don't ever sit back and criticize your man of God. There's a reason why he don't chase everybody that decides they're going to throw truth to the ground. There's a reason why he can't let you sit still. There's a reason why. No wonder Paul said, Wow, it's me
0: if I don't preach the gospel. Brother White, why don't my pastor chase every fleeting flare of rebellion And drag them back to the church I'll answer that for you He'll be damned and go to hell If God's invested all of his truth in him Let me just preach to you right now Would that be alright? It's alright Let me preach to you a little bit right now I gotta preach to somebody and tell you I just finished 39 services in 41 days I'm a tired little puppy I just preached 8 times last week Before I got here and when I go home, I almost beat myself to death, Brother Hughes. I need somebody
1: smart like you to tell me what to do. Because I beat myself up because I stand up to preach and I'm already tired. And I give, and the only thing that drives me is God, if I'm gonna do this, let me invest in them. What you've invested in me. I've got to see the kingdom last.
0: Missed church three weeks my preacher didn't even hardly call me the problem is maybe he's looking at you saying they ain't never going to change they've done this so many times they ain't never going to change thank you buddy I like you already wait a minute you weren't the one singing real high were you Didn't answer me about that preaching I'm gonna leave that right there hear me now I gotta preach I, I was preaching I'm gonna show you what I'm talking about brother preacher God's invested in you and I've come tonight to help you by trying to get these men to understand real apostolic authority in your pulpit is not that thing that they can take advantage of every day. Not that you can finally prove, believe it or not you can even prove to the man of God you're never going to be anything else. You can, Do you know you can break the heart of a church? It ain't right but it's real. You can break the heart of the church by being on your spiritual roller coaster so long that they realize no matter what we say, no matter what we
1: do, there ain't never going to change. I've come the day to tell you you don't ever want to break the faith of your man of God. His job is to believe in you when you don't believe in yourself his job is to trust in what you can become when you don't even see it yourself and I'll be damned for all eternity if I squander my energy and my resources by throwing truth in areas where
0: God's going to look at me one day and say alright I gave you a lot of truth what'd you do with it I sat with a pastor one day All of a sudden, pastors preaching on Sunday mornings. And the pastor got up and preached on gossip one Sunday morning. When he preached on gossip, three weeks of that next revival, that that whole revival, three weeks, there was old, some old lady in the church decided she wasn't coming back. She was not coming back. I wondered why in the world this man had all kinds of hell in his church. I couldn't figure it all out. And she wasn't coming back. And one day he said, Brother White, I need you to go with me. I'm going to go talk to a sister in the church. I said, all right. So we... Exactly what he asked us to do. We went there and he walked into our house and he said, Now, sister, I didn't know what to do. In fact, I didn't know the man that well He said now sister I understand that you're upset I understand that I hurt your feelings When I preached about gossip But I promise you If you'll just come back to church I'll never preach on gossip again If you'll just come back to church I'll never say one thing about gossip You can go on and I'll never trouble you again I stood up and I
1: walked out on the front porch I didn't know what else to do Brother Marshall It shook me to my core I've got to tell you truth is truth Whether you like it or not the Bible is still right whether it's pleasant or not. Righteousness is still righteousness whether we like it or not. Hear me. You don't want a hireling, you want somebody that said, I love you enough. I'm willing to pour in you. I'm willing to pour on you. I've got to see you blessed. Let me preach my heart whether you help him preach or you sit on his ministry. Woe is that man if he preaches not the gospel. If you love his passion or you hate his intensity. Woe is that man if he preaches not the gospel. If you honor him for preaching truth or despise him for being honest. whoa,
0: Is that man head up you can sit on a pew listen to preaching on your way to heaven but I got news for you the reason your preacher so intense God we've got to get apostolic authority back in our pulpits. we've got to get apostolic authority back in our churches
1: we've got to get boldness back in our assemblies we've got to have it we've got to go back to apostolic order and we'll never have it until we go back to apostolic authority
0: maybe you're offended that your pastor's ministry takes him out of an onion. and then. maybe it bothers you that his ministry takes him into other environments I want him to stay right here you see the difference is you can sit there and be saved but it's what that man does with the truth that God puts in his pocket that's going to determine whether he's going to heaven or he's going to hell you see I've got a right I can shut my mouth and hold my peace I can silence what God gave me and I could build my own kingdom I could shut up my bowels of compassion and let other areas suffer. But when it's all said and done, one thing I've got to admit is I'll be damned
1: if I don't invest this the way God gave it to me. Are you in this house tonight? Is there somebody in this house hearing me? You better understand your pastor will be
0: lost forever. Try to throttle him into an arena where he's got to spend all his time popping your pacifier in and out, spanking your little bottom every now and then, putting enough powder on you to make you feel good
1: because you couldn't keep your pants up. You couldn't keep your spirit right. You couldn't keep your heart right. Hear me today. You need a preacher that's not afraid to look at you and preach. You need a man of God that's not afraid to preach.
0: And that's not the only reason I find in the word of God that your pastor can go to hell. You can sit there. You can say amen. You can listen to the singing.
1: Do your little thing and go on to heaven. But it's not that easy for your preacher. Are you listening to me right now? The second reason that he can go to hell, he can't preach just any gospel. He's got to preach truth. Brother do I get sick of hearing it over and over, and he's going to go to hell. If he allows you to think three gods is enough to believe in. if he tells you title baptism will get you there, he goes to hell. If he tells you the Holy Ghost comes any other way than speaking in tongues, if he if that man tells you holiness don't matter anymore righteousness don't matter anymore separation don't matter he's going to go to hell
0: I've had friends go that way. Can I just preach? I mean, as well preach? Brother White, I'm just so confused. I had friends go that way. Well, I've had friends go that way, too. I've had family go that way. I've had people do all kinds of crazy stuff. Brother White, it just confuses me so much because all those things that used to matter, they don't matter anymore to them. Then I'm going to tell you a little secret. Somebody going to hell because they've never yet answered the question were they right then or are they right now? I'm going to preach to you the word of God is infallible. The word of God never changes. God still said be ye
1: holy for I I am holy. I need somebody to hear me right now. I don't care who's going off on doctrine. I don't care who's letting go of truth. I don't care who's saying baptism don't matter. I'll be damned if God Hears me preach something else. I gotta preach truth. I gotta preach truth. I gotta preach truth.
0: Well, I get sick of hearing Acts two thirty eight every service. Preach it every service, but don't you let me go to hell.
1: Yeah. Oh, I get sick of hearing one God every service. I don't care if you got to do it every service. Don't you ever let me go to hell, brother preacher? Hear me. This is still God's word. It's still His book, and I'll be lost forever. We
0: got. We got him here a while back. Sit down. Sit down. know if I want to preach right now to solidify you men and let you see where your pastor
1: really is or I want to preach right now just to slap
0: the devil a couple times but somewhere along the line you need to understand your man of God is not some hireling, he's not here a while back I got one of my young preachers called the meat locker I've got through the years brother Hughes I you're smart enough, you can memorize that stuff. I can't. I got 4,500 cassette tapes and CDs and preaching. It's just turned my world around through the years, and I got copies of all of them. So I decided I'm going to put them all on MP3, brother Cox. And uh, <clears throat> where do I start? 4,500. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go right down the list. I'm going to try to get the ones that, that made the most difference in my world, the ones that, that really shook me. I'm going to... So I went and I started getting these messages and I had a stack up on my desk beside my computer. I was downloading them into my computer. I was sitting there one day and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost spoke to me, Brother Brian. And he said, look. I looked. I said, where? He said, look to your left. And I looked right. There was all these CDs, these cassettes that I was dropping. And I said, okay, God, what you want me to see? I started looking around on the desk. He said, look at the cassettes. And I started looking and the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, who preached all of those? I had a stack, probably 25, 30 CDs, ca- cassettes, sitting beside of my desk, messages that had rocked my world, messages that had changed my world and I got to looking in all of those CDs, all kinds of different preachers and all of those 25 30 CDs, I think there was two of
1: them that were still living for God and the rest of them had fallen by the wayside, hey I know what it's like to be disappointed in a preacher I know what it's like to have my heart ripped out, but I've come to tell you I've seen a lot more saints fall than you've ever seen preachers fall, but I still believe in the church I still believe in the kingdom and I don't care who lets go of this it's still right it's still right
0: in a day God forgive me What 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 are you trying to prove by sitting back saying if he'll preach a new sermon, he'll preach something fancy, I'll get behind him. I want to tell you what you need to do. You need to tell him you preach whatever you feel like you need to preach, brother pastor. I'll get behind you. I'll amen you if nobody else.
1: Quit sitting around waiting on the little old ladies to do it. You want to be a man? Stand up and be a man. You want... Are- you want to be the head of your home get your babies by the hand and say come on honey let me show you how to help the preacher preach
0: instead because we live in good old America oh God because we live in good old America we got a Burger King mentality you can have it your way we think if we sit there till he gets us something new to entertain us, we'll be all right. You don't need new entertainment. You don't need a new
1: preacher. What you need is a new passion. And what you need is a revelation. I'm not going to send my preacher to hell by trying to make him something that God never intended him to be. I'm not going to send my...
0: Don't you understand? There's a bucket load of heresies out there. Your pastor can't afford to hook up with any heresy. He can't throw his hat in the ring with the latest spiritual fad. My God, they've got gold dust falling out of the air. they got people barking like dogs. they got religious spiritual fads driven by carnal convictionless clowns
1: that don't know what it's like to have a real prayer life. That's not the kind of church you want. The kind of church that God's going to bless are those that are still apostolic to the core. Still apostolic.
0: I've got to hurry. Forgive me, forgive me. You've got to hurry. There's a third reason why your pastor can say, I'll be damned. If he doesn't watch over his flock and try to keep his eyes open for every unholy spirit that would try to destroy us, his soul is eventually the thing that's going to pay the price. The Bible said that I'm the watchman on the wall. I'm not just some hireling that they bring in to preach a fancy sermon two or three times a week. I'm the watchman on the wall. God said, I'm going to give you a high lofty position. And from that position, you got to watch those things trouble in your church. Sometimes it's trouble from without. I feel the Holy Ghost telling me to do a little something here. Bible talked about a corrupt spring and a troubled fountain I think maybe we need to understand there's a difference there's some people you can be around and they're troubled because there's something on the periphery that troubles them but you better be careful who you hang around with
1: you better be careful what voices you listen to sometimes they're not troubled they're corrupt way down on the inside and that corruption's coming out of their own spirit something they've never got over something they've never got through I've come today to tell you you better be careful Fire. 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 Fire.
0: Fire. God puts the watchman on the wall. From the vantage point of prayer, I got news for you. I love evangelists that come into my church. No no slight on any evangelist. Can't nobody pray for that church like Doug White does. In fact, I've got my church. I've got all those preachers out. I've got five, uh, getting ready to start our fifth daughter work. We've got another daughter work getting ready to open up. I've got news for you. There's a spiritual connection when I pray for those churches. There's a spiritual connection when I start touching God for those things. Because God put me on the wall. And God said, now it's your choice. you got to keep your eyes open. you got to, it may be an unholy spirit. It may be the little foxes that are spoiling the vine. It may be something
1: crawling out of their own carnality. But God said, if you let those things destroy, if you let the enemy top the hill, and you don't sound the alarm, you're going to pay the price with your own blood!
0: I'm not a foolish man. I don't know how to do this. I've done it now a long time, 30 some odd years. Brother Atkins was my youth director when I first come in the church. So just blame all this on him. And I know there's always those people. Now, I know, I know you're not in the church tonight. I know I'm, you're not in the church tonight. You're not here. You wouldn't come to a men's conference. But there's always that little independent spirit in some of our men that's set in our churches. When a pastor starts preaching, a certain way say, well, bless God, there he goes again. Here he goes again. He's going to try to... Be I had no boy back sit out of my church. He used to sit back in the back of the church. Please pardon me for using it as carnally as I, I have to use it. I'd read my text and I'd give my title. He said, get ready, guys. He's going to beat the hell out of us again. I got news for you. If you'd lay the hell out on an altar,
1: I wouldn't have to come try to pull it out of your spirit. If you had a prayer life, your pastor wouldn't have to come try to drag it out of your spirit. If you'd worship on your own, he wouldn't have to try to drag it out.
0: I've done this a long time, so has your pastor. I could always say, well, you know, uh, I don't have to do all that. you got to understand, he could leave you alone, but remember God told Ezekiel, you're the watchman on the wall, Ezekiel. And I've set you as a watchman on the wall over the host of Israel. And therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth, and you shall warn them for me. And if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, and the wicked man doth die in his iniquity, his blood will I require at your hand. I'm going to preach to you here don't you know that God has a choice the man of God has a choice in your world whether he preaches with the th- against the things you're toying with or not he can sit there and say well they don't worship anymore I need to try to preach some joy in their spirit they're playing around with sin I need to try to preach conviction in their spirit and I agree with brother Hughes 10,000% we got in the mess we're in today
1: because we forgot to talk about hell we forgot in the middle of talking about blessings and favor and joy to talk about there's still a hell And people are still going to hear me today. That man of God's got a choice. But you've got to understand. If that man of God sits back and casually lets you go to hell. That man has to go to hell for your sins.
0: There's nobody else in your church that has to go to hell over your sin. Nobody else. You may love your brother. You'll be a sinning mug. That don't mean he's got to go to hell over you. We all baptized. We, we we you know we wash away our sins. You understand? He that may be a sinning fool right there. I was say he's the sinner or you the sinner? Which one? May be a sinning fool right here. But that don't mean you're going to have to go to hell because of his sin. But I'm going to tell you what it does mean. If the watchman on the wall sees that man playing around with God, if he sees spirits trying to destroy him. Do you understand your preacher is the only one in that whole church that can go to hell for you?
1: That's the only man in the whole church that has to pay with his soul because he was afraid to confront your attitude. Why don't you release your man of God? Why don't you turn him loose and say preach to me? If it hurts me, preach to me. If it offends me, preach to me. hear me why do you preach like you do brother white i'm not going to hell over your sin i'm not going to be lost over your sin
0: oh no no don't get me wrong his salvation doesn't depend on making you repent but trust me it does depend on him lifting up his voice and tell you there and when you get that interesting attitude on you where you can glance over and cock your eyebrows when he touches your flavor of sin you better understand the preacher only does that for one reason he doesn't want to go to hell because of your sins the pastor's the only man in here that can go to hell over somebody you don't you please hear this
1: preacher now You only have to live right and be safe. But if I don't confront sin, I've got to go to hell. Please hear me. Release your preacher, brothers. Release that man of God and tell him you'll be damned if you hold your peace. Don't worry about me. No, 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 no,
0: no. I'm going to go on. There's another reason. If It was tied as a fat woman's girdle earlier. It's going to be tied than a bear, bunny rabbit in a bear trap right now. Another reason that I, as a pastor, can be damned for all eternity is if I preach with respect of persons. I'm still in the book. You don't have to worry about that because you don't preach. But your pastor has to stand in your pulpit. Uh, Holy Jesus in heaven y'all used to love me I hope you still love me you better hear me your pastor will be damned for all eternity if he preaches the word of God with respect to persons that's why brother James said in the book of James don't preach this gospel with any respect to person because if somebody comes in with a gold ring and goodly apparel and another one comes in in vile raiment and you make a difference between them he said you're as guilty of sin as either of them
1: are and he went on to say if you have respect you commit sin and you're just as condemned to hell as any other sinner of the house.
0: Now, I know that was hermeneutically deep. I done broke out that deep stuff that kid was talking about the other night. But I'm going I'm to say it in the way you're going to understand it. I've got to pastor my congregation with an understanding. But I'll be damned if the big tithe payers in my church don't hear the same kind of preaching as those street kids that are coming in sitting on my pews.
1: I'll be damned if those adults that have the ability to pack their pocketbook grab their kids and go to another church don't hear me preach with the same truth and the same passion I'm the watchman on the wall and it don't matter whether you're young or whether you're old whether you're rich or whether you're poor, whether you're high or whether you're low whether you're educated or whether you're ignorant, you've got to hear me, your man of God's got to be free to preach to yourself
0: Every church has got him. Oh, gussied up Gertie. Every church has got him. Oh, laid back Larry. Everybody's got him. They get tired of hearing a man of God preach about those certain sins that they like to toy with. So they sit stoic and unmoved while everybody else worships. You need to realize that's a spirit that's going to kill you if he leaves that alone. He's got to wake I'm not trying to embarrass you, but I've come today to tell you something. Adults,
1: elders, your pastor will be damned if you make him sit there and say, I can't preach this. I can't preach this because they'll pack their bags and go somewhere else do you understand what you're saying there is a sacred bond between a real man of God and a congregation there's a sacred bond between a true saint and a congregation how dare you say I'll pack my bags and go somewhere else hush your mouth and run to that man of God and say help me help me help
0: Sorry. I'm, sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry if you just come back I'll never preach on gossip again come on you just come back I never I'll never say it again you just come back I'll never preach on getting too carried away about sports again
1: I think I will. I'm going to tell you one of the biggest idols we've got in this country is organized sports. You can say I love God and I serve God all you want to but when we've got churches that are about to shut the door and you're running and spending your money on ball games and ball team you better let me preach to you today it's not the will of God for a home missionary to struggle every day while you're out there throwing your money and some joker that throws a pigskin is making 12 million dollars a year
0: sit down so it don't look like I'm preaching to the people that are still sitting down you'll know who I'm talking about they're the ones that already got their phones out they're putting it on Facebook right now
1: That's all right. You tell Facebook, you tell Twitter, you tell everybody else that I still believe organized sports is one of the biggest idols that this country has. I don't care if you do have the Louisville Cardinals. I don't care if you do have UK, IU. It don't matter. I'm telling you, you've got to build a kingdom. You've got to build...
0: me preach to you a minute. <laughs> Two of the biggest idols in our country right now is entertainment and sports. I, I just, I'm just going to meddle. I mean, I, what have I got to lose? <laughs> I mean, I've already proven to you I'm ignorant compared to that man over there, so I'm just I'm just going to go ahead and preach a little bit. I'm going to preach to you organized
1: organize sports and, edu- and uh, entertainment. What would our churches be if our people said, "I'm not going to support this"? I'm not. What would our churches be if you'd take that same money and you'd put it in an offering plate and say, "I'm not supporting Miley Cyrus. I'm not supporting television. I'm not supporting." I'll tell you what happened, Brother Hughes. We'd break the financial curse off our churches. And we could reach the world when we put our money where our mouth is.
0: I hate media for this reason. I hate media for this reason. My third daughter worked. Our third church we started. Pastor come to me the other night. He said, Brother, why do I need you to pray for me? What's going on? Well, we just got problems. I just need you to pray for me. I said, Son, what's going on? Man working a full time job. Wife working a full time job. We acquired a church, we bought the church. We put $20,000 into remodeling the church. We put them up there. They didn't have one saint in their church. Not one. Not one saint, Brother Easterly, in their church. They had a full music team. I made sure of it. They didn't have one saint in their church. They had a full outreach team because I made sure of it, Brother Eads. They didn't have one saint in their church. But our Sunday school staff, as soon as we get done with Sunday morning, they all load up and go down to Sperger. And they go down there and they have Sunday school down there, not one saint in their church. (laughs) In about one year, that man's taken that congregation from zero, zero, to
1: fifty-five of his own saints. 55 that he won. 55 that he reached. 55 that he taught Bible. 55.
0: He comes to me. I said, son, what's wrong? He said, I just got problems. Daughter, little girl, Brother Atkins, wanting to go to Germany for the Youth on Missions. Wanting to go to Germany with Youth on Missions. She said, Brother, what, we just don't have the money. And I ain't got the heart to tell her no. Do you know of any jobs? I'll I work another job. I'll do... I got to talk to him, found out this boy didn't even have money to go back and forth to work and go back and forth to the church some 35, 40 miles away. He's doing everything he can to keep his head above water. And he had so much of a burden, he wouldn't even tell me what was going on. There I was wanting to help. There I was desiring to help. There I was willing to help. And he had such a burden. He didn't want to bear and burden me down. He said, Brother, what? I just don't know where else to turn. He said, I'm saving this. and I, I'm saving this money and that money to, to even have money to get there. I'm not buying the uh, necessary
1: things. You better hear me. If we preach to the poor, they've got to trust God with their last dollar. I'll be damned if some of those big child payers in my church don't hear the same kind. Don't save it up and give it to your backslid kids. Don't shave it up and give it to them to spend on alcohol. I'll tell you what you do. Put it in the kingdom put it in the kingdom and let God bless
0: you tell me it's pleasing to God when we got home missionaries that are going without food we got people that get injured, Brother Easterling, playing ball, professional ball. They had a man last year that made 180 some odd thousand dollars every game to sit on the bench. Come on now, apostolic. Tell me how God's pleased with that. I know. Bless God, my pastor better never preach like that. I know you're the kind that'll snatch your people up. You'll grab your youngins. You'll say, we'll go to a church down the road that'll let us do anything we want to do. You better listen to me, slick. You don't need a pastor that'll let you do anything you want to
1: do. You don't need a pastor that'll say whatever you want to do is fine with me. You need a man of God that's got blood in his eye, anointing in his voice, and passion in his heart that'll love you enough to tell the truth. Sound the trumpet. Sound the trumpet. Sound the trumpet. Sound the trumpet. trumpet.
0: To me, that's almost as irritating as them people that say, well, you can pastor me, but don't you touch my kids. Do you feel that kind of tighten up in here? Like somebody done washed your underwear and shrunk them up a little bit. You just... (laughs) Hey, let me help you. Some of you are going to sit back and let your wife go to hell because you ain't got the guts to say quit looking for offenses all the time. Quit
1: waiting for somebody to speak to your kid and be offended all the time. I want to tell you what you better get in your heart. You better get something in your heart that said, I don't want my babies going to... Well, my baby got to be a cheerleader. My boy's got to be the star of the team. I want to tell you what they ought to be. They ought to be prayer warriors. They ought to be preachers. They ought to be missionaries. They ought to be evangelists. Brother what? it's just a phase they're going through. No, it's a hell. They're going to. And you're in a position to stop it, brother.
0: Well, glad my preacher don't feel that way. My preacher feels that way. He'll come to my house, do something about it. What's the matter with you, Weakland? Don't you be a sissy. Make the preacher be the bad guy.
1: Why don't you let them respect you and not just respect the preacher. Let them respect you by saying, Honey, I love you enough. That kind of music is not going to send my baby to hell. Those kind of videos are not going to send my baby to hell. Well, I'll let my preacher do it. That's why they'll respect your preacher and they'll look at you like a fool. Why don't you stand up, Daddy, and let them respect you?
0: I'm done. i got to quit. Told you I couldn't preach this probably anywhere else but Kentucky. Y'all have done heard the good, the bad, and the ugly, of whom I am chief. You, want to, you, you know what would change some of your churches? Tell you what changed some of your churches. It changed some of your churches. Come here, Brother Smith. It changed some of your churches. Of some of you men, would get your sorry hide out of your carnality and come to your man of God in this house tonight and say brother pastor I know I haven't always been spiritual but I give you my word you preach anything you want to preach I'm not taking my family anywhere God gave me a pastor in you I'm not taking my family anywhere God gave
1: me a church some of you need to go find your man of God tonight brother Atkins some of them need to come find Jim Atkins tonight Some of them need to come find Brother Marshall and say, you know what, I'm not going anywhere. I don't want you to ever give that a minute's thought. I don't want you to ever worry that I'm going to turn around and leave you. I love my man of God. I love the Word of God.
0: And the day, the day... The day that you convince him he can't preach some things for fear of you getting mad and leaving. The day your wife convinces him that he can't touch certain sins without you getting mad and taking up your wife's offenses. Ooh, man, I felt that one bounce back. The day he becomes convinced... That I gotta change my way of preaching. I gotta change my way of loving. I gotta change my way of passionate meaning at ministry to minister to those people without getting on their sensitive frailties. You've just allowed that pastor to stand up and say, ah! Be damned. I want you to lift your hands up in prayer. Come on. Saint of God, he'll be damned if he doesn't have the guts to tell you God deserves more. Saint of God, your man of God will be damned if he ever becomes fearful of your glaring eyes.
1: He'll be damned if he ever becomes fearful of your half-hearted Christianity. He'll be damned!
0: If he loses the conviction to tell you God deserves more praise than some of us give Him. He'll be damned if He loses the conviction to tell you we need to pray more than we pray. He'll be damned
1: if He loses the passion to tell you God deserves more time and more passion and more sacrifice. He'll be damned if He forgets to tell you God's worthy, God's holy, God's righteous, God's merciful, God's grace, God's powerful, God's everlasting...
0: God is anointing incarnate
1: and God's in this house right now
0: I think we need to pray one more time right now stand to your feet and lift your hands as high as you can Uh, I need some help here right now Brother Marshall Brother Atkins Can I do what I feel right now I want the pastors Pastors in this sanctuary To come up to the front of this church I don't know how strong this platform is. I guess it'll handle. I only want the pastors, only those of you that are responsible for souls under your ministry. I want you on the platform with me. I've got to hurry. I've got to quit. Stand with me all over the building. I'm done. I've come to preach to you tonight. Why? The pastor can say, I'll be damned. I you look at these preachers. Some of the finest men that I know right here on this platform are coming to this platform. He's my brother-in-law. And I give him a hard time. I've got news for you. Jim Atkins, when I was a jerk, he held on to Doug White when I should have just went right back to the world and right back to the lifestyle I had. One of the greatest Christians I know right here because what he believes, he really believes. I told you how I felt about Scott Marshall. I've got as much respect for this man as any man on the face of the earth. Gene Easterling, you hear about him all over the world because he's winning souls there in Ashland and having a move of God. Lord, and I love you guys. Some of the finest men that I know. Brother Smith, as long as there's been a Doug White, I've, I knew you before you were a preacher. And I saw the heartache some of you had to go through, but you're still here.
1: You, this is not a hobby to them!
0: This is not some religious pastime. This is not some spiritual ceremony.
1: you got to understand. They're going to say things that hurt you. They're going to say things that stir you. They intend to stir you up.
0: God loves you so much. He gave you a pastor. And if he lets you go to hell, God said, I'm going to send him to hell with you. If he let you walk into the white hot flames, uncontested, God said, Good. You're going to know what it's like because I'm sending you with him, Brother Griffiths. You better hear me. God loves you so much. God sent you a pastor that said if he don't reach, he goes to hell. But I've got to close with this. Some of the finest men on the face of the earth right here. I love Kentucky. I may never get a preach after a title like this again. I don't know, but I love Kentucky. But I want to tell you a secret. Brethren, I have as much respect for these men as anybody I know on the face of the earth. But you better hear me.
1: Paul!
0: said, there's one more reason a pastor can say I'll be damned. He said, I'm so serious about preaching
1: that I fear
0: lest having preached to others. What do you fear, Paul? I know what it is. He fears being stoned again. Paul said, I don't care about all that. He
1: fears the rod on his back.
0: He said, no, I've been there and done that, and I got the bloody t-shirt. I know what he fears. Brother, he feared Alexander the coppersmith. Brother Heeds, I love you, buddy. He feared Alexander. He said, Alexander the coppersmith's done me much harm. No, 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 no. Paul said I can handle all of that but I tell you what I fear I fear lest having preached to others I myself might become a castaway after I poured my world out reaching others I got to remember how to pray myself After I pour my guts out until my throat's raw and bleeding. Until I give myself hernias and back spasms preaching so hard. After I've done all of that. If I don't fall on my face. And know how to have a preacher put me on my face. I've got
1: to go to hell. That's why a pastor can say. I'll be damned.
0: But my whole point in telling you that one. if this man who's a soul winner, this man that loves Doug White, this man that's building a good work, this man that's been faithful to God, if these men, if these men have to let somebody preach them on their face every now and then, they give their lives to the Word of God. But somebody got to preach me to an altar. They pray and seek God and preach three times, but somebody... It's going to put me on an altar.
1: If these men
0: have to be put on an altar every now and then, how much more should those men have to lay on an altar every now and then? Pastor, don't go to hell for me. I need somebody to crawl out of your pew tonight, find yourself a place to pray in this sanctuary. And I want you to come forward and say, God, give me a revelation tonight. Give me, a, give me a revelation of how important my man of God is. God, God, if my pastor has to get on his face every now and then, don't ever let me. If my pastor has to worship whether he feels like it or not, don't ever let me get to the place. Brothers, I'm trying to help you tonight. That's why you can go to hell. God bless you, brethren. You're dismissed. Pray. Everything in this building ought to touch heaven right now. Everything in this building ought to tell God,
1: God, don't let me be lost.